What is up, profitable public speaking listeners? Mark Roberta, the podcast coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcast. And on that journey to becoming a successful public speaker, the big thing that almost everyone comes across at some point of their journey is imposter syndrome. This idea where, who am I to be on the stage when there are other people who have more established speaking careers? Like, why is it me in this position? Or just like not believing you know everything and you know, you don't know everything, but by, with that fact, like you believe you know nothing. So how do we get over that imposter syndrome? We're going to talk about that in this episode. We have a guest who is a keynote speaker, podcast host, and former NASA propulsion engineer who shows high achievers how to overcome imposter syndrome and eliminate self-doubt once and for all. She's written several books that help people with the self-doubt side, but also help people to become better public speakers. So our guest who joins us for this episode is none other than Maureen Zapola. Maureen, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. What a treat. I loved your intro. It was fabulous. <laughs> Maureen, it is such a pleasure to have you on Profitable Public Speaking, and thank you for listening to this episode, whether you're driving in a car or doing some kind of fitness right now, thank you for choosing Profitable Public Speaking, and we are here on overcoming imposter syndrome, so uh, I do feel like part of the issue is that people just don't think they're good enough, and uh, it's not a matter of acquiring more knowledge, it's, I mean, that helps, but it's more of a just like not like comparing ourselves to others. So uh, how can we just not stop comparing ourselves to others so we can just recognize our own greatness? Well, you know, it's a, that's, the, um, that's the $6 million question. Uh, the compare and despair malady affects all of us. But imposter syndrome seems to, well, doesn't seem to, it does. It targets people that are successful, educated, experienced, credentialed, degreed, they're in a management position, a leadership position, a position of influence, or they are people uh, that have changed careers. Uh, I know that's a broad, you know, it's a broad brush to paint with, but, uh, but more than 70% of the population struggles with imposter syndrome. So when I teach strategies for people to overcome it, first thing I tell them is you're not alone. You're, you know, you're, you look around, you know, you can throw a rock and hit five people that probably struggle with the same thing. And when you realize that you're alone, it does so much to diffuse the pressure. It instantly, oh, okay, I think I can handle this. And then come the other strategies of, okay, what's the next how-to? Um, I know that, you know, um, for me personally, yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional speaker and a writer and a presentation skills trainer. Uh, my background, very different. As you said in the introduction, I'm a former NASA rocket scientist, uh, engineer, actually, as a mechanical engineer. Uh, and most people know that engineers are not, you know, we're not known for our verbal skills. <laughs> so here I am actually, you know, getting paid to speak, to pay, I'm paid for verbal communication. So I had a lot of, um, my path from engineer to speaker was long and bumpy. Uh, de definitely took a lot of effort, but there is no doubt. I still step on a stage or in front of an audience and I still struggle with the, oh my gosh, I, they're paying me to do this. I, <laughs> I'm not the smartest person in the room. Um, I'm an engineer for goodness sakes. Uh, I, it just, it's just crazy what our brain 
uh, will tell us. So, you know, I still struggle with it. I have learned strategies, to, you know, I teach strategies to overcome it, but it, it is an intentional corralling of your thought process. You challenge the thoughts and then you counteract the thoughts. And that is the key in overcoming imposter syndrome. And it's very interesting how Maureen mentions that scenario. It's like, you're paying me to be on the stage. There's so many other people you could have chosen. I'm the engineer. And it's ironic because no way she's the only one with that. Like there's so many people who have imposter syndrome, but that's the type of goal that you're probably after if you are listening, like you are listening. So that's probably the type of goal you're after. Get on stages, get paid to be on stages. And then you have this moment when you're on the stage, it was like, you know, where's the, where's the speaker? And you're the speaker. So how can we have the same excitement of being on that stage, having that presence as the actual pursuit of the goal? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think actually it starts long before you even get on stage. Uh, when I get on the phone with a prospect, that's where it hits me. I think to myself, oh my gosh, what am I going to say next? How am I going to promote myself? How am I going to sell myself? How am I going to prove to them that I'm going to offer value that they are willing to pay for? How am I going to solve their problem? Because as a, as a paid speaker, you're not just paid to tell your story. You're not just paid to make a crowd laugh. You're not just paid because this is my calling and I love doing this. You're paid to solve someone's problem. You're paid to solve a client business problem. So long before you step on stage, do you have the street creds? Do you have the creativity, the resources? Have you thought through your content enough to know with certainty that your uh, content, your material will solve their problem? And then you build the relationship. You, you tell them, this is how I'm going to solve your problem. This is how I've solved it for other people. You build that credibility and then you build the relationship. You know, there's a chemistry that goes on between you and the meeting planner or the, you know, the hiring person. So when you get on stage, you've done, you've already, I've already had a deal with a lot of this, oh my gosh, what am I doing feeling? So when I get on stage, actually, that's the easy part. <laughs> it's like, because I know I'm good on stage. I know I can connect with an audience and make them laugh. I know my content cold. I can roll with the punches. I can feel the energy and feed off the energy of the audience. And I can do it all. I could take them on a journey in, you know, the length of a keynote, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, so all of that work up front is really, I think, where that struggle happens. And the way to overcome the struggle is to just put your head down, do the work. Is yeah. to just be so committed to um, learning your content, researching it, coming up with unique uh, stories or analogies or, or metaphors, uh, practicing your presentation skills, your techniques, getting so good on that content, you know, the content and the delivery so that by the time you step on stage, that's like, ah, this is great. <laughs> And it's really interesting the way Maureen breaks that down for us because the imposter syndrome, it's not just like, it's like I'm confident, I'm confident, I'm confident. You get on the stage, bam, imposter syndrome. That is not how it works. Uh, but one of the interesting things is you could be like, you know, let's use me as an example. Like, oh man, I don't know how to do an interview. Who am I to be interviewing someone like Seth Godin? And then you interview him, it goes well. And even like, you know, like interview number one, who am I to start a podcast? But then like, you keep saying like, you know, the who am I, the who am I? And then like, oh, now I am that person. Now I can do these things. 
And once you have that pattern where you can look at past events where you had imposter syndrome and now like I don't have any imposter syndrome anymore about being a great podcast host because I've done all the interviews I've done. But for someone who, it's also really hard for someone who, as you mentioned, is changing career paths. So how can someone who's really just starting in this space, like first podcast episode, first like time practicing for like they're speaking, like super basic, how can they get out of imposter syndrome where they're not as ready to the point like I helped this person or I did this already? Yeah, that's, that's, um, I, I know exactly what you're saying because I started my own podcast back in October, uh, not knowing what the heck I was doing. I, I really didn't. And, you know, I was overwhelmed by the technology and uh, just how to schedule guests and how to do the editing. And did I want to do it myself or pay somebody? And I didn't have the money to pay somebody. So I have to do it myself. I didn't know what I was doing. I just jumped in and I did it. Is it great? I don't know. People are listening to it. Um, the thing about imposter syndrome, and, and you alluded to it, um, a lot of people think that it's just a lack of confidence, but it is, it's not. Uh, it, because it strikes people that are smart and skilled and successful, that alone says those people have confidence. They, they did what it took to get them to that position. They had the confidence to take the classes, uh, set up the interview, go on that job, uh, go to the recruiting fair, uh, raise their hand and volunteer for the project. They had confidence to get them to that place. What, that, what happens though is they come to a limit of their confidence. They look back over their shoulders and they think, well, not exactly sure how I got here and therefore I don't know if I can get there. <laughs> so it's not so much a confidence issue or a, lim or a lack of, but it's a limit of. And it always shows up when the next step is unfamiliar. Hmm. It doesn't show up when you know what the next step is. It doesn't show up when you do the next step, which is something that's routine and predictable and choreographed. It's not going to show up in uh, a situation where your skill set easily matches the challenge. It's always going to show up when you feel your skill set isn't quite there or you're not quite sure where your foot's going to land when you take that next step. And that's where that trepidation comes in. That's where you start to second guess everything that brought you to where you're at. That's where you start to doubt. Do I have what it takes? Am I in over my head? What will they think of me? I mean, all these crazy things. And honestly, the way to get over it is to separate out skills from character qualities. Skills can be learned. Character qualities, those, those do take time to develop. How are you resourceful? Are you inquisitive? Are you um, uh, uh, creative? Are you steadfast? Are you perseverant? Perseverant, is that a word? Uh, persevering. Yeah, we'll call it a word. <laughs> uh, you know, those character qualities will be what makes that, that next step feel more secure. Not the skills. I mean, yeah, we're not born knowing how to do podcasting. We're not born, uh, I, actually the title of my book about presentation skills is uh, great speakers are not born, they're built. Nobody's born a great presenter. You learn the skills. Now the character qualities that it takes to learn the skills, that's a different, that's a different ball of wax. And that's the question to ask, and that's what you hold on to. You think, I, 
I am creative. I am resourceful. I am persistent. I am, um, you know, I, I do have a good work ethic. I am a person of integrity. Those are the things that will carry you through imposter syndrome. And I'll bring up one of my examples also because uh, I'm a runner. So I do half marathons and full marathons. My half marathon fastest time was a 125 flat. So I was trying to qualify for New York, which you need to break 121. And anyone who's in running, it's like if you have a three-hour half marathon, it's easy to shave off like five minutes. But the faster you get, the harder it is to shave off time. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was, I eventually was able to do it one nineteen twenty four. Awesome. So I'm super happy about that. But I bring that up because I knew what the numbers were and part of like, that's part of like being smart, like knowing what pace I had to hit and knowing that five minutes faster in that spot is much harder than if you have like a three hour marathon time. So there mm-hmm. is that as Maureen brings up, like, you know, being smart can sometimes hurt in the sense where you know how difficult it is. So I think part of what we should talk about is like for smart people who like, you know, they have achieved a level of success, but it's also knowing how hard it is to move forward, even if it's just these small increments, like we're only talking five minutes for like the time that I hit, uh, how can we just continue to move forward and, you know, have that same energy instead of like, viewing you know that small increment as this big thing that we can't get through yeah well i'm sure mark when you were training uh you probably did not train in a vacuum you probably uh, researched to find out how should i eat what's a good training program what equipment you know what what are the shoes i should wear uh where is a good place to train i need i need hills to train to really build me up you probably uh did a lot of research to learn what you didn't know so step one is figure out what it is that you don't know and try to learn it. And then step two, and I don't know, I know um, I'm not a runner. I'm a fitness fan, but running, <laughs> but, but I, but I do know a lot of runners and uh, you know, they run in community and there's like a subculture of, of people and they, you know, that cheers you on that it's uh, they're celebrating with you. They're kind of keeping an eye out for you. They've got your back. They run alongside of you when you're struggling. Uh, you know, we thrive in community. So, you know, step one, learn what you don't know or find out what you need to learn that you don't know. And two, find a community. You know, as I said in the opening, uh, looking around, knowing that you're not alone with imposter syndrome does so much to diminish its power. And when we need to learn new, t- new skills, new tasks, or even if, you're, if you have a project to do and you know, the temptation for a person with imposter syndrome is to think, I have to do it all. And I have to do it all alone. Actually, it's one of the symptoms of imposter syndrome. It's this uh, Lone Ranger, Superman type, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a mesh of the two. And that's a, that's a disservice to yourself and to the people around you. And it certainly is a lie. You don't need to do it all. And you don't need to do it all yourself. So reach out to others. Ask for help, engage others, uh, get somebody to partner with you or to mentor with you or uh, to just feedback with you. I'm part of two business building mastermind groups because I can't be creative and brilliant all by myself. I need other people <laughs> to help me. Uh, we thrive in community, but people with imposter syndrome struggle with reaching out. They think if, if I'm really that smart, I shouldn't need help. 
I should be able to learn it all, do it all, and do it all by myself. And it is not true. Nobody can do it all. That is a really great point. I mean, community is just so important. Like, I don't run with a group of people, but I did that in high school and college. And that big part in helping me get to where I am in, in business, I'm always hanging out with people. I'm always interviewing people. I'm always interacting with people on my YouTube lives. I mean, just being able to surround yourself with people is going to make that big difference. But how can we find that community? Because I feel like so many people just think local. So what is your advice for finding those communities, whether they are local or online? Yeah, you know, uh, I moved to Las Vegas just uh, six or seven months ago. I lived in Cleveland for 36 years and moved out here um, almost on a whim, but not entirely, uh, because my daughter is a freshman here at UNLV and I needed the in-state tuition discount. So I'm <laughs> like, yeah, guess what? We're moving to Vegas. So I knew, I think, four people in Las Vegas and they all happen to be professional speakers just like me. So I had to learn to get out there and meet people. I had to learn to find my tribe and find my community. Now, I certainly do spend a lot of time on social media and I've got my circle of influence there and I do a lot of marketing to build my speaking business and I certainly do have a boatload of friends back in Ohio. But, um, and, and, and I'm, I'm, an, I'm an entrepreneur, a solopreneur. I work from home and I work for myself. So I don't have like an office group of people uh, that I can go hang out at, at the, you know, the cafeteria with for an hour. So, you know, if you have that at work, that's the, that's the built-in network. Uh, it, if you're in a position of, um, you know, imposter syndrome, like I said, strikes smart people. And there are certain industries where it's very prevalent. People that are in uh, tech positions, engineering, science, math, uh, people that are in creative fields, performing art, people that are in academics, uh, like college professors, uh, research assistants, graduate students. Uh, you know what? Like I said, throw a rock, you'll hit five people that struggle with the same thing. And and mention it. Just kind of say, hey, you know, I was listening to this podcast about imposter syndrome. Have you ever heard of it? It's this crazy self-doubt that makes me feel like a fake. You, have you ever heard of that? And oh my gosh, you'll instantly see people say, oh, yes. <laughs> and boom, there's the start of community. And I mean, it does start with, you know, just having that way to start the conversation. I mean, whether you want to bring up profitable public speaking in this episode or just some other uh, way to start the conversation. I mean, all relationships are built just by starting conversations. And that's why I do love podcasting and this whole world that we live in where it's just so much easier to interact with people. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing how much we've evolved and that level of interaction that we have right in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. It, on the flip side, though, it's really um, handicapped our ability to uh, do face-to-face, in-person, shoulder-to-shoulder, handshake-to-handshake communication. Uh, I, I see it with my, I, you know, I go to conferences all the time and sitting in a session waiting for the speaker to start, everybody's on their phone. So <laughs> yeah. be intentional um, about getting away from that. <laughs> yeah, there there is a proper balance. I mean, the face-to-face just like from a marketing standpoint converts way better than just like you know audio or something like that so it is worth it if you are at an event and just to you know it is a type of interaction that you do want to keep on doing and another type of interaction you want to keep on doing is checking out 
more episodes on this podcast, checking out Maureen's work, because if you've enjoyed this episode, then wait until you read her books and go to her podcast. So where are some good places we can keep following you in your journey? Thanks, Mark. Uh, my website is MaureenZ.com. It's my name, M-A-U-R-E-E-N, with the letter Z.com. Everything I own, everything I do, everything I promote myself is all housed there on my website, including links to uh, my books. I've written four books. They're all on Amazon. Uh, let me double check. Is that, are they, is that true? Are they all on Amazon? Yes. <laughs> I had <to> <laughs> One is pretty old, and I don't even have copies of it around here anymore. Um, it's an older book. So the, the, the first book I wrote was back in 2012. The second book I wrote, 2012. I would not recommend writing two books in one year. <laughs> it was tough. Um, but my third book was a book about, uh, oddly enough, the history of Ohio State University football, <laughs> which is funny because I did not go to Ohio State. But um, big football fan. I co-wrote it with an expert. Uh, that book is, um, it, it's a fun book. And then my most recent book on imposter syndrome, which is called Pushing Your Envelope. Uh, all of them are available on, on uh, Amazon. I'm also getting ready to release a, a video series, video training series on imposter syndrome. I call it the Fraud Free Framework. So Ooh, that'll be that. up on my web su- website soon. And, um, and then my podcast, which is called No Doubt Allowed. <laughs> Well, all those links will be in the show notes. I mean, Fraud Free Framework is just such a great name. So, I mean, definitely, if you guys have enjoyed Marine and this episode, do check all that stuff out. Thank you so much again for coming on Profitable Public Speaking. Awesome, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. It was great.